0: Hey family, you're listening to The World Is Yours podcast with Jasmine S. Dennis. Hey family, welcome to The World Is Yours podcast with me, Jasmine S. Dennis, where we talk about money, business, and all things millennials, especially those that are crushing the game and taking the world by storm. Today I have a very, very special guest on. This guest was specifically requested by multiple people. So, yeah, that's actually true. (laughs) My guest today is the CEO and co-founder of The Gathering Spot. He holds a JD from Georgetown University. He was voted 2017's Small Business Person of the Year by the Atlanta Business Chronicle. He's been running businesses since he was a teenager. You've read about him in Forbes magazine. And get this, he's only 28 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ryan Wilson in the building. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Thank you for having me. No, i excited to participate.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So before we get into who you are and what the gathering spot is, I just want to do some quick icebreaker questions so we can learn a little bit more about you. So I'm just going to give you two options and you just say which one you prefer. Okay. All right. Ice cream or cake? Ice cream. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. T.R. or Drake
1: Ooh Pass (laughs) (laughs) This is not Family Feud
0: (laughs) Okay I gotta skip that one (laughs) (laughs) And I said that For a reason people You'll see why later Okay Red wine or white wine Red Okay LeBron or Jordan
1: Jordan Alright
0: cool all right, so we learned a little bit about you. You've got a little indecisiveness uh, when it comes to the rap gods, but uh, <laughs> all right. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we know that you're the founder of the Gathering Spot and that you're from Atlanta, but you spent some time in D.C. Uh, what else about you could uh, we learn?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I do. I am from Atlanta, and that's where I spent my formative years. But I was born in Los Angeles, and okay. so my family um moved around like every two years until i got right before high school and so um many of the cities that we're expanding to or uh, looking at to expand to i lived in you know at at some point in time and my parents eventually settled down here in atlanta they're they're both entrepreneurs okay um they started a call center company remember the first two people in our basement um, when, the, when the company got started, and it scaled to you know, several thousand people across the, the, uh, the country, and then eventually my parents sold it, but then are now back in that business um, with, a, with another call center company. Wow.
0: So. And that's absolutely amazing that it started from their basement. Um, would you say that that is what inspired your entrepreneurial mindset, or were you always that way, or was it other people?
1: No, I mean, I, I, I had no intention of ever being an entrepreneur. I mm-hmm. mean, for me, it was never about trying to start a business. I, I saw what um, it, it required, you know, day in and day out. And that I just I didn't see that as my path. I mean, I wanted to be an attorney. Okay, And so even back in like going to high school, I was on the mock trial team and I was a government major at Georgetown. I was trying to do anything that I thought would position me well to be an attorney. Right. Um, But at the same time, I think that there were lessons that I learned that I I didn't know that I was learning at the time that are super helpful. Um, I'll give you a small example. When we first started uh, the gathering spot, Someone heard me leave a voice message, and they said, "How did you know to leave a voicemail like that?" Because I, I had the that old school approach where I would say, "You know, this is Ryan, and my number." And I would say it twice. Yeah. And um, you know, before caller ID, you know, you would have to say your number of course. two times, <laughs> and like I got that from listening to my dad on thousands of calls over the years in the car and so I think there you know that's a that's a small thing but I learned a lot of lessons about business and how to interact in a business by watching my parents.
0: Okay so that's interesting because as you said you had no interest initially in running a business you were slated to be a lawyer and in fact you're from what I understand you're trained as a lawyer so what was it that inspired the transition?
1: So, I mean, I I was working... There's two things going on in the middle of law school. So I went to Georgetown Law immediately after graduating from um, undergrad. And uh, in undergrad, I worked on a lot of diversity and inclusion issues. So I continued that work with a lot of community organizations when I was in D.C. Okay. And the thing that I could never find was access to workspace. I would go to coffee shops and restaurants, kind of just anywhere I could find around town. but. There weren't any really good places to meet with those organizations but it was what i was passionate about started talking about that problem and i mean on the social side you in especially in dc um your apartments are small you can't really hang out there you needed to have other places to do it and i couldn't find places that that were kind of accommodating both interests that that i had so i talked with one of my college roommates tk who's my, my business partner now and uh, the original concept around the gathering spot was built around how do we create a space that all people, um, you know, where there's work or more social activities can use. I think as we continued the conversation, we found out that the business that we were creating really wasn't about space at all, but Mm -hmm. about community. And so um, the version of the club that exists today is about People and about the community that, that's here.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. When you originally thought of this concept, you and TK, um, outside of it being a space for a community, a, co- a co-working space, did you ever envision that you would have these political conversations happening here or that you would be hosting uh, different you know, artists here or different workshops? What, was that all a part of the vision?
1: it was pretty early on i mean we you look after the college experience right there aren't a lot of places that you can go as an adult and meet people from all walks of life and i mean what we're proving day in and day out here is that people are are, there's they have multiple dimensions to them they're 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 you know the dynamic right where there's um you know professional side to who we are but there's also political side and there's you know, opportunities that we want to volunteer and help other people. And then there's so there's times we just want to turn up, right? And so right. how do you how do you create a space that celebrates all of who a person is? I mean, and one thing that I mean, we also saw that there were two demographics and private clubs. So if you look at most country clubs or city clubs, and then that's more of the sandbox we, we um, are playing. And there hasn't been much innovation no. over over time and they haven't been overly inclusive right and so um i'm 28 and black that's the perspective that i i come from and so the culture that i know and the culture that i, I want to celebrate we wanted to make sure it was infused in the space so mm-hmm. everyone is 100 percent welcome um but the perspective that we come from is of, you know who what we are Um, And I think another demo that we saw that was missing in a lot of country clubs historically were women. Absolutely. And couldn't understand why uh, in, you know, in 2014 that there were spaces that women couldn't go to inside of private clubs. It just didn't make sense to us. And so 60% of the Gathering spots membership are women intentionally will never dip below that mark because... We want this club to be different and and for it to celebrate people that have traditionally not been overrepresented um, in spaces. I mean, for most of our history, um, the demographics that we're talking about have only been at best tolerated. So this space is about trying to celebrate them.
0: And I really love the the celebration of diversity um, and, you know, different economic backgrounds and, you know, just all walks of life. Um, In my experience, when I worked in corporate America, I led a lot of diversity and inclusion initiatives and uh, everything from women in technology to blacks in technology. And I know that when it comes to diversity and inclusion, it's still um, a difficult conversation for some people to have. Um, it's, it's not difficult for most African Americans because we understand the struggle, but for others that don't understand the struggle, it it can oftentimes be, um, intimidating to have those conversations. So as you mentioned, you're young black and you own a place like The Gathering Spot. How hard was it, um, in your perspective to get people to believe in you, especially investors, Um, or anybody that you were saying, this is what I want to do, this is how much money it's going to cost, Um, do you think that um, you had difficulties convincing people that you were capable of something like this?
1: Um, Absolutely. I mean, when we started this process, I was 23 um, and had had no previous experience running a business mm-hmm. um, I, and I'd grown up inside of my parents companies but I had not started a company on my own and so um no I think all of those factors were, were very much so at play but if there was a, a perspective that I had that entire time it was like look if it's possible in any way shape or form I've got to fight to try to make sure that um I mean, we we kicked that door down. Absolutely. So um, the original plan was for the gathering spot. It was going to cost like a million dollars. And I thought that was like ridiculous. I, mean, I just, I had no... Oh, I,
0: why was that ridiculous to you?
1: I just, I just didn't know how we were going to raise a million dollars. But as we continued to kind of work on the concept, one million became two. Two became three eventually. And so... The entire time what TK and I were saying to ourselves was like, "Look, we have to fight for the best possible version of this concept. We can't settle for anything less than what the best possible version. Because the a million there is a there is still a million dollar version of this concept that could exist. Okay, but I don't think that it would have put us in the opportunity to be sustainable long term. And I think particularly in our community, there's a problem that exists where we. Um, we have to we feel like we have to settle for what's practical mm-hmm. what feels practical and we just resisted that feeling over and over again that like no if there, if 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 it's really if the number is three we've got to go figure out how to go go and raise it okay um and I'm happy to kind of talk about how that went but I mean before anything else I would say it's a business plan that you've got to write, yeah. And then it's about writing like a mental. It's you got to totally change your mindset because the the entrepreneurship, the, the traditional process, is designed to take your heart out of the game like early. Yeah, it, like it's designed. Failure
0: rate is crazy for entrepreneurs.
1: It's super crazy, and the 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 thing too is that like ideas are really really cheap. Yeah, right. There there's Everyone, ha- we we right now could come up with an idea. Yeah. The difference between entrepreneurs and everybody else is that people, there there are people who execute upon those ideas. Absolutely. So I don't think that I'm 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 special or smarter than than anyone else, but I do believe that I'm willing to work to help to to execute on the ideas that I have, and um, but mentally. Like, getting into that mode was was really difficult because the game is not designed for you to... I mean, it's designed for you to quit yeah. pretty early.
0: So, and with with that at the forefront of your mind, knowing what you were up against, did you have mentors that helped you through um, not just the mental aspects of, of, of acquiring something like this, but the financial Um, aspects because what i see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is getting into business with no clue as to how they'll sustain it they get the initial money that they need to start up but they have no clue how five years from now this is going to still be rocking and still they you know they have no clue how to scale a business so did you have someone that was able to walk you through it or
1: yeah no i'm fortunate that my my parents um you know business owner or own a business and scaled a company. I mean, my dad, I mean, went from two to 5,000 employees in yeah. like a, a 10 period. So I was able to, to, to lean on him, um, in ways that I, I'm, you know, will forever be grateful for. But I mean, a lot of the process though, is about research mm-hmm. and like being actually diligent. Right. I mean, I think in the, the Google generation, uh, we feel like we can get information about a topic really easily. Yeah. So, you know, we search a couple words and we look at the first couple websites that come up, and then we're like, "Oh, I know this topic." Yeah. Now.
0: And we're done. And
1: that's it. <laughs> and uh, to to really understand an industry and the business that you're trying to uh, start, you have to like actually know about that industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there were there, we were raising capital. You there was no way if you asked me a question about any part of or any of our anybody that was not even a one-to-one competitor, but just anybody in the space generally, I could tell you anything about them. I had visited, I had I had I mean not the first page results. I had been like digging and digging, and making phone calls, um, to try to learn more. Mm-hmm. If you're not passionate about it like that, I'm not it it might not be the that might not be the idea that you you know should should dig in on.
0: Right, I agree. I agree. So outside, so how what was the process like to raise three million dollars? Um, was it strictly from investors? Did you you put up your own money at some point? What what was that like?
1: Well, I put up everything that I I could and plus some. I mean, you. Um, I'm a big believer in that before you ask anybody else for their money, you should be able to look them in the eyes and tell them that, you know, I'm all in, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, so, no, we invested everything. I mean, we, credit card, we did everything that you, you could possibly do to go as far as you could before taking anybody else's money. But once we got to that point, I, I like to say that you know, we built a network through no. We would pitch to people, and most times when you pitch, people are going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. And what um, we we would do at the end of the conversation would say, "All right, perfect. Is there anybody else that you can introduce us to?" Oh, wow! And nine times out of ten, that person that just told you no would refer someone. Wow! And so, if you're you're going through the process, you have to really be resolute. I mean, you you have to have total amnesia and apathy about being told no because. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then don't be afraid to ask that person if there's anyone else that, you know, they recommend that we should go get a no from too. Right. Right. And um, that went 97 times before someone. Wrote
2: wow. It,
0: wow. That's I wrote a crazy. I was always told that no means not right now, like to never just give up. At that first no, um, because you can always go back and, and, and reapproach the situation.
1: I mean, in a way, no is good, right? If you're doing something that's disruptive mm-hmm. and like actually disruptive, then people shouldn't be able to understand it really the easily. The first time you explain yeah, yeah. it, right? If you can go and just say like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z," and people are like, "Oh, yeah, that makes, you know, that makes total sense. Absolutely." You've got to really look at that idea, right? There's nothing right. new under the sun. But the way that you're positioning something that people can just like, just, I mean, bam. That might not be the best, that, that business, if I'm betting, it just if I you know, hear about that sort of scenario, I'm going to bet that that company, from a scale perspective, if you're gonna to try to grow it, um, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Right. Because, I mean, most of the companies that grow quickly are providing something that's somewhat new. Yeah. And so, yeah, you should take no as a sign of encouragement in a way because that means that the market hasn't fully grasped. Now, if you get too many no's, and depending on what the the com- the feedback is, you may be um, you know pursuing the wrong path. But that you got to trust your gut on that as an entrepreneur. You know, over time, you know, after listening to people. But no, I totally reframe the no's. Yeah. I wouldn't. It was like, per- I'm glad that you don't get it. <laughs> because if you did, I, I, you know, I, I would be scared about that.
0: Right, yeah. And so do you think that, that that whole concept of if people say no, that just simply means that they don't understand it fully or they, they may need some extra information, is that why um, the gathering spot can't be duplicated? Is, because I, I still feel like the gathering spot, and I've been coming here a, almost a year now, um, we've seen nothing like it. We've seen country clubs, as, as you've mentioned, but we haven't seen anything that is going to host business workshops and political conversations and, you know, music events all under the same roof. So is that part of why this is such a unique space?
1: I mean, I, I think that the perspective that we bring to the table, um, every business, every good business, at least in my mind, has a as a soul To Mm -hmm. it that, um, but what you know makes it hard to to duplicate. I mean, I. This is why I say we're not in the space business. Um, We're we're about you know community and experiences, because, I mean, from a space perspective, um, I'm not married to anything in this space. Mm -hmm. In fact, I mean, we take out and remove, and we'll continue to remove and change stuff in the space all the time. Um, the community is what makes this special and the approach to how you curate that community is what's different and i think that that comes from um a a team that i'm really proud to, to work with every day so um you know that i put i i play a role in but yeah no i i'm not you've got to get to a point in your business where you know you're confident about what it is that you do that's different and um you know for me i'm i'm deeply like personally connected to the work that we're doing here and so it um you know it's it's easy to get up to, come to work every morning.
0: wow and it's never really work if you love what you do if, if you're truly passionate about it it won't ever feel like work so that's true yeah so do you has it dawned on you how much you and TK have achieved in, in such a short amount of time? I mean, do you ever wake up and feel like I've made it? Or do you have the feeling of, I'm just getting started?
1: I'm definitely just getting started. I mean, I, I, um, I appreciate any recognition and, I mean, anything that kind of falls in that category. Um, but I, I, I don't internalize it. Mm-hmm. For me, um, you have to stay really, really focused and hungry on executing what I, like we haven't executed the full version of this club that, that you know, we wanted to create. And so, no, I mean, the only reason why we exist as a business is that there are other businesses that stopped innovating. Yeah. And so, I think you, you, it's faster to do that when you start to feel oh, I've made you know, I've made to this place or that place. I wake up every morning with the sincere feeling that I haven't made it anywhere. Wow. I mean I I run at this as hard today as I ran at it, you know, years ago when we were writing the business plan. Because to me, I mean, that's it, it's not done yet and in a way it will never be done. Right. So Absolutely.
0: No. And and so we know um, from, or members of the Gathering Spot know from seeing the events that are hosted here that um, you are affiliated with some very influential people. And so that's why I wanted to mess with you a little bit with the T.I. and Drake thing. But... Um, <laughs>
1: no, no comment. No, You're no. right.
0: No, just stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. So how do you... Um, Get someone like the T.I. and Governor-elect Stacey Abrams on the same stage. Because um, these are innovative conversations, if you think about it. I mean, because we're not just talking to one person from one walk of life or, or you know, people with just one focus. We're kind of blending two different types of people and backgrounds. So how does, how does that happen for you? And why was that important for you to have those types of conversations?
1: I'm um, I'm really determined to prove that This experience particularly with the type Of people that are members of the club Being people of color and women mm-hmm. That uh, we're dynamic okay. So that you know it, It's We are very much so people that have meetings At 2pm that are business And similar to everyone else We have fun at 2am Sometimes yeah. right and um, The gathering spot Is about trying to trying to um explore all sides of who we are right so even in the examples that you, you mentioned tip is a businessman mm-hmm. he's an artist he's an act he, he's, he, he is very interested in politics yeah right so you, this space and i mean he's no different than the entire membership here and that there's there's multi you know, there's multiple dimensions to who they are. Yeah. And I, I think that there we need to to be more open about that and have spaces where I mean, sometimes you're here for again a business meeting and then the next time you're here it might be for a party. <laughs> and um, there should be spaces where that celebrated.
0: Absolutely and do you feel like with the types of conversations that are being had here and you know as you said um, bringing people together um, in in many different ways for, for similarities that we may not look at initially like with TI we know that he's he's an investor of many different things and, and you know he's, he's a very dynamic individual. Do you feel like you're moving the needle on uh black people being in business and seeing that that's something that they can own or seeing that, you know, these, these types of things are obtainable.
1: I think that we, we have always owned um, stuff. We just always haven't known one another. Right. And so what this business does is create proximity, Mm -hmm. which I'm a, a big believer in changes things because when the, Creative community knows the business community that knows the entrepreneurial community. There's better deals and better relationships that are that are able to be formed, right? But there has to be a a proximity, a context for which those people know one another. So, what we're trying to do here is to create the context. We're creating the. I mean, it's 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 again similar if you look back at a college experience where. know there's people from all over the country and that you know from some people from cities and some people from the country and you know then you academically there's people who like are studying fine arts and some people who are studying science right and when you leave college most people end up kind of knowing a little bit of everybody, and they know yeah. people from across the country. And that's why you can go to any state, and it's like, oh, I, you know, my my friend from college lives here. Let me right. call them. When you become an adult, it's harder to create those networks. But what college does more than I would argue, sometimes even than what the like academic part of it is helpful for, college is helpful for creating proximity and a network of people that you can continue to um, access. I mean, so. Um, in addition to TK, who's my business partner now, who was my roommate in college, my other roommate is a teacher now, an attorney living okay. in DC, and our other roommate is a doctor living um, in Portland. That I wouldn't know those people, and I wouldn't, I would not. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm here at the gathering spot every day, so I know doctors that are members here, but in a traditional context, I wouldn't know that that you know i I, just it it, college created a context for me to know different people and that's what i want the club to do
0: absolutely and we know that um when we have more diversity in our network um, we're generally more successful and uh, more happy um when we have you know people with different ideas and different interests that can introduce you to different ideas and different interests so that's what i really love about the gathering spot um i've been to a couple of your events um You know, the BMW event, the symphony on the lawn was something I really appreciated because I used to be in the arts when I was younger. And so, you know, that was really, really great for me. But what goes into um, understanding or implementing the types of events that you have here?
1: I mean, I think it starts first with the the membership process, right? So um, we interview... Or ask every person that, that um, is, is going is a prospective member of the club to participate in a conversation with our membership team and so one of the things that we're looking for in that conversation is fit and feel and like you know this person would be a good contribution to the community that we're trying to build second thing though um, that we're also mining for are interests right so it's looking at like what um, what animates you outside of the office right. and then the answer to that question allows us to be able to start to explore programs um, and so I'm proud to say that many of the programs that we host here are uh, by many I mean most are with members of the club and their affiliated businesses and or interests you know generally that we're able to to program around so I mean we 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 get that information directly from the people that are here
0: Wow, it's it's great that you take so much feedback from the community um, because I truly feel like I I have a voice here at the Gathering Spot. You know, you guys don't just send out the generic surveys and, and say what would you like for us to do. It's you know, you guys do get personal, and I know that from firsthand experience.
1: We we try our best. I mean, and I, I think that that's that's always going to be something that I'm interested in trying to continue to um, improve. But I I genuinely believe in the idea that the best version of this community you know people absolutely have a voice right and it's not it's not my community I I'm a member of of this community um but I have the responsibility here of trying to make sure that um and everyone feels comfortable and they do feel like they're represented and the interests that they have are um you know in some way shape or form shown here right I mean yeah, in, absolutely in, the calendar is gonna gonna change all the time right? because we need to make sure that um, you know another thing that we're trying to, to do here is to have people explore topics that they traditionally wouldn't have and so if, if you you know only go to I I tell this to members all the time I mean if you're in a tech community and you only go to the tech events you're missing out on I mean the political conversations yeah where You'd be surprised. But a lot of the times in those rooms, they're looking for someone in the tech community to help them with a the problem in politics. Yeah. Right. So you, you've got to I mean, it, it's it's I, it's no different than college in that context, too, where sometimes take something outside of your major. Right. Yeah. And go, go explore a different um, topic because you'll meet some good people.
0: Wow. So what's been the best part of this journey for you so far?
1: The people that we get to interact with. Um, and and meet day to day and I'm not necessarily talking about the the um you know the ones that are are famous um I'm really inspired by the work that's being done here yeah all sorts of different businesses and, and um Relationships, social, you know, just personal relationships that have been formed here, and being able to be a part of that and help to introduce people to one another, then I think that that's how things actually start to change. Yeah. When we know one another, we trust one another, and we um, we're able to connect in a real way yeah. to um, try to bring people together. And 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 again, sometimes that's more business related, and other times it's just. Hang out and have a new friend, and I think that there's value on both both sides of that.
0: I absolutely agree. So, um, I wanted to go back to asking you about something business related. Um, branding. We know that the Gathering Spot definitely is a brand. Um, uh, a unique brand, but um, I personally wanted to know, um, and this came from a, a listener, they wanted to know how important branding and media exposure is for your business um, as it relates to uh, customer acquisition and how profitable your business is. Is it true that you have to have something that's just, you know, spanking brand new and nice and shiny in order for your business to be recognized as a brand?
1: I, I don't chase that at all. I I think that I mean, you have to work on the fundamentals of the business before anything mm-hmm. and take care of your, your customers. So if there's a decision between going to something that's media-related or doing something related to the membership here, it's not even a, a question for me. The yeah. members of the club and the community that's here are the business. The media Absolutely. is not the... That's not... And I, th- I think in this kind of social media era, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are not really in love with their business. They're in love with marketing their business. Yeah. And um, you've really got to soul search and you know determine what it is that you actually what what are you actually interested in? I'm a massive introvert, right? Like I, I I'm not. I'm not, I'm for doing this every day. I'm not exceptionally social, right? I don't, I'm not, um, so yeah, the, the, this concept of like, I want to build a brand. I don't want to build a brand. I want to build a good company that, that, um, serves our customers well. Yeah. I think that if I do that well enough, then the customers will identify that thing as a brand, but I don't chase the, the branding pieces of the puzzle. That's not to say that media and, like, you know, talking about what you're doing isn't important, but you have to look at those as tools to help to serve your customers more than anything else. So we don't spend any money on marketing.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Wow. Okay. so there you have it, folks. He's not spending any money on marketing.
1: (laughs) Not now. Let me be not At at, at this moment. So. We spent money early on talking about trying to market that the, the company was, was existed, mm-hmm. right? But I don't spend any money, certainly not in promotion of, I mean, any, if we're talking about anything, it's specifically about the, the community that's here and what we're trying to do here. It's very values-based, not really anything else than that.
0: Okay. All right.
1: But no, I don't spend a ton of money now on, on marketing.
0: Okay. So we know that you're certainly doing your part when it comes to serving the community. Um, you even help feed a school. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, how do you know that? Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm not sitting here for no reason. like. <laughs> um,
1: not Many people don't know that. Um, no, I believe, I mean... What's the point of assembling a bunch of awesome, influential, creative, very talented people mm-hmm. if you don't leverage that group's access to help people? Right. So um, I, was, I was in an interview a long time ago for this fellowship that I've in, um, at school and I, I asked a student who was interviewing for this program, "What's the difference between service and social justice?" And I had no idea what I had just asked her. But the answer she gave back, and she said, "I don't, I don't remember what, um, I don't remember where I got this from. But to me, if you see a a, a river and there are dead bodies floating down the river, service is to go into the water and to pull the dead bodies out." Mm-hmm. But social justice is to go upstream and figure out where they're coming from. Wow. And so I believe this community, true to her answer, um, is about trying to do both. Right. How do we leverage this group to do direct service? How do we do um, work that tries to um, identify and then provide solutions to systemic inequality? But what's the point of bringing everyone together here if we don't do one of those two versions of the work? Right. I mean, I just think it's our responsibility in many ways to um, to participate.
0: I like that you hold yourself highly accountable to not just your own success, but um, to the, the needs and the success of the community.
1: It's another. That's another what's the point, right, mm-hmm. to me, because if we are blessed to be successful here as uh, business owners if I look around and it's just me or me and my business partner well I don't want to hang out with him all the time (laughs) so uh, what's the point if there aren't other people there with you right and so I want this business to be a platform to help in in a real way other businesses also be successful so that if and when we are in a position to, you know, whatever whatever success looks like um, in the future for us, that there are other people too, yeah, that can say that they, um, you know, achieved that their their own version of success. So, yeah, I, I just I don't. There's no point to me if if you're by yourself.
0: Absolutely, because it gets lonely at the top. So it's important to pull others up.
1: Yeah, I mean you only for me this is one of those like life things you only get to do this once and um, in my mind if I'm gonna do it if if you can help some other people along the way that, that I think that will make my journey um, even better too and I, I just I don't I just don't see the point of, of trying to build something um, and then you know being being solo, right? And it's, as if you've seen that movie, I just recently watched *All the Money in the World*. And if you look at um, kind of one of the themes of that of that film is that it's isolating to be super successful, and yeah. it's not it's not satisfying to be super successful when no one else around you is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, in seeing how you um, are so passionate about serving your community, how can the community? around you um feed into the vision of the gathering spot
1: participate i mean we had an amazing conversation with uh stacy abrams last night and showing up uh particularly to the to the things that aren't sexy Mm -hmm. is is really important um there are a lot of workshops and seminars on political and social justice issues and like things that are going on in, in the news that feel heavy um, it's equally as important to show up to those as it is we're going to do this cool, you know, um, cocktail party on Friday. Right. Um, so to me, I mean, support is, is just being present for the stuff that like you don't always feel like being supportive of or, you know, it's not easy. I'd say the other thing, too, is buy the stuff that's here, not necessarily from me, but from the entrepreneurs that are here. We um, we a lot of times, and it's really easy on social media. I, I've made it a practice since we've opened this business that I buy the stuff. Like I don't want, don't give me, don't give me anything. Right. Um, I want to buy it, and I'm going to tell other people to buy it because I think a lot of times in our community we don't recognize that what most businesses need is a customer. Yeah. They don't need your well wishes. They don't need your Instagram post. Right. (laughs) They need you to buy the thing that it is that they sell. Right. Um, Now, that product needs to be good. Right. We shouldn't just be buying things just because. But assuming that the product is of of sufficient quality, we've got to stop asking for the homie discount (laughs) and buy it.
0: Right. Yeah, and I I do see that happening um, in our community, community a lot where we'll see a product that we really like or there's a service that's being offered and we want the friends and family discount off the top. And it is, you know, you're not thinking about the, what it's costing that business to give everybody a discount or to.
1: Or to give you a discount. Right. right. I mean, you need to make it personal, right? Like there, for everything the business sells, there's normally an input. There's, there's some expense that they had to create that thing. Right. And even if there wasn't, what you should look at it as is that you're preventing them from being able to grow the company. Yeah. In the aggregate, that discount over time is is significant at years end, right it could be and so participate i mean and, and, and what's wild to me is that we will negotiate with our friends and then there are other things that we get in our life that we just treat as i mean it's almost a rule yeah like how many times do people really argue about their water bill
0: oh they don't or it the just, new iPhone. Like, you're not going to go to Apple and say this should be cheaper. You're Well, gonna yeah, come it. on,
1: Apple. You know, just like, <laughs> you know, how about just like, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, Apple, right. Apple says, this is the price of my product. Mm-hmm. And we in the millions now at this point have been for over several generations of their product have purchased it over and over yeah, and absolutely. over again. And so take that same mentality to small businesses and to your friends' businesses, buy their stuff, and don't ask for anything in return. And in fact, reject it because the entrepreneurs, in many cases, are so desperate to try to get their product in someone's hands yeah. that they'll start to give it to you in hopes that you'll you'll buy it later. If that happens to you, reject it then. Yeah. So I, I I'm dead serious. I don't accept any anything for free. Now the only exception to that is if we barter for it okay. and it is a real legitimate exchange. The value that I'm giving you is the same in a way that you're giving me. Right. Outside of that, don't give me anything. It yeah. is my responsibility to pay for all of the stuff that I um that I I want or need or need to have. Right. And so if I'm going to support your business, supporting your business is buying your stuff.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And so, you know, in the in the spirit of, of the same um, topic, let's say you have an introductory product that that's, you know, priced at 50 bucks. Let's just say you're selling whatever for 50 bucks. how does an entrepreneur shift to a higher tier customer that can afford to pay more for their products? Of course as the quality grows and you know maybe as the service improves but over time, how do we shift from having a low consumer friendly priced product to premium products?
1: So I think that there's there are a couple of uh, caveats or assumptions, right, that you have to, that I'm going to make in the next series comment. So you've had to do some market research. You have to know what the general price point of whatever that item is in the market is, right? So you can't, you can't charge, um, you know, 10x what the market is charging just because you feel feel like it, right? So it's important for you to do some research, have a business plan. Um, There's got to be a way of understanding to, I mean, it's not always bad to have a low price point. Shout out to Netflix. Where I mean Having 50 million people Paying $10 a month Sounds okay (laughs) Um, So you you know you've got to You see is there a business model where It could work if You were at a lower price point But so Those assumptions aside For me Price indicates value to a certain extent Right? I agree And so if you Believe that then I mean set your price don't negotiate on it going back to the examples that you know we've used previously and and um I mean you've got to really be resolved to stick to it even when it's difficult right right? because the second that you go on sale you are a sale right like like it it, there I mean if if you're specifically trying to position yourself for luxury product. Luxury goods don't go on sale. Yeah. Like that's true. Like Louis Vuitton Prada, they
0: never have a sale.
1: They've never had a sale. Yep. Apple on the low doesn't really have sales. (laughs) They have discounts for students. But if you look at it, Apple's never said, Hey, today everything's fifteen percent off. No. Like people people are still standing outside of that line in December about to go pay full price for everything in the apple store oh yeah so price indicates value i mean and then your product has to be good i mean you've got to make sure it's it's of sufficient quality right so yeah you know if you're using cotton while everybody else is using silk you can't price your product like it's a silk you know you can't price it like it's cashmere so understand you know where your product sits in the market and be able to legitimately say you know I believe that our product is at sufficient quality or the service that I'm providing is as good as you know x y and z right um you know whoever it is that you're comparing yourself to but you should have already that goes back to the research point you should know that those businesses so well and um and really have a sober assessment of, of who you are that you know it you feel comfortable offering and then at that point don't move don't take the friends and family discount sometimes even when you're super desperate don't take the deal right i i i did not i did not take so many deals that i absolutely wanted to take from a, uh, a revenue generation uh perspective but i could not take because it just wasn't a good fit for us. Right. So you've got to stay really, really disciplined. Or they were asking for discounts. You've got to stay really disciplined. Yeah. I mean, we could have easily made the gathering spot a nightclub. Yeah. At yeah. night. But it would have not stayed true to the model that we were trying to build around community. Right. And so party promoters called. And we said, unfortunately, this is just not that place. But, we'll, but when I hung up the phone... Did I shed a, a thug tear? <laughs> I absolutely did because, um, you know, it was tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, was there any people, investor wise, that tried to change what you were wanting the gathering spot to be? Because they were saying, well, if I'm going to give you my money, it kind of needs to be what I think it needs to be. Did you experience that?
1: I think you have to have those conversations up front. Be very transparent about what you're building, mm-hmm. and um, no, not not as of yet. I I talk to our investors pretty you know intensely about what it is that we're doing here and how I see things moving forward. And what I'm asking them to do is invest in me and invest in that that version, you know, that that version of the concept. Yeah. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, this is a very similar concept to what we were just talking about with pricing you can't all money is not good money Mm -hmm. you can't take capital from people that want to drastically alter your business yeah I mean you you shouldn't at least because they eventually will um start to make those requests known and um you know you don't want to be in a situation where you know you're you're having a fight fight with your investor yeah know you know it's i think your business partner is it's like being in a marriage but the investor is like you know your mom and your dad you don't want to to have a, a bad relationship there either right um but you got to talk to them you know openly and decline those deals i mean one of the biggest problems for a lot of entrepreneurs of color is that we take low amounts of capital early, yeah, mess up our cap sheets, and then are not in a position to go raise more money with bigger institutional capital because everybody, you know, your mama, your cousin, and everybody else gave you two thousand dollars, you know, for ten percent two years ago. Yeah. You've gotta stay disciplined about saying, you no, know, like, look, I've gotta raise three million dollars. The minimum that you can invest is 250000 Yeah. So when you come with a $50,000 check, as much as that will pain me, our minimum is 250000 because I can't really get anywhere with the 50000 Right. So.
0: And to go back to the concept of, you know, having a business partner and it kind of feeling like a marriage, do you think that you and TK sort of balance each other out because... You're sort of like you know legal strategic, and he's more of the finance guy um does do you guys ever bump heads, or do you think that those differences actually help you guys to complement each other?
1: No, we bump heads all the time mm-hmm. and I mean that's part of our process. We don't agree regularly um, i mean it, it's it's really important to try to you've got to be you gotta have to you have to have tough conversations with with your business partner, Yeah. I mean, and, and I, um, I think we did a good job early of being honest with one another about what we expected out of the business, and I don't know, it's worked okay.
0: Okay, I think it has. Um, do you personally feel like you now have a seat at the table? Doesn't matter whose table, just but.
1: I think I'm trying to build a table Mm -hmm. um, more so than I... I've never really been, like, never really looked at stuff like like that. I mean, it's been more about trying to to build it rather than, like, if you're going to let me in. Right. Because I can't wait on that. It's part of the reason why I didn't want to be an attorney, to be honest, is that it felt like the only way to really be successful in that world is that a partner at a firm was going to have to, like cut me into their business and like let me in right and uh that just wasn't i i I, I just i didn't like that you know that that um that world and so i i I mean i i i've been um fortunate to have you know wonderful experiences and meet some great people but this is another like what's the point (laughs) sort of moment for me where um if that those relationships are not being leveraged to help people then like who cares
0: right absolutely so for people that do want to follow in your footsteps or following tk's footsteps or you know any successful person in general um for people of color particularly how do they get that type of mentorship um, because in my personal experience, I know that all aspects of running a business or raising capital is definitely not something I learned at home, but it's also not something that they really teach in, in school. school. Yep. Um, even the thousands of dollars that we spend on college degrees oftentimes don't teach us how to, to successfully run a business. So how would we get that type of mentorship?
1: I th- I mean, it's, this is going to sound very simple. I think that you have to ask But you have to ask with intention and with being very, very specific about what you're asking. Many of the people that you're going to be asking questions to are very busy, right? And so it's much easier for them to respond to something targeted than it is for you to, um, you'd be surprised by the number of people that are, that walk into the room and say, I want to start a business,
0: and it's just generic they, they don't give you Any other information
1: <laughs> it, I mean so if to, to gain an audience One thing that I, I Really tried to be Set on Before mm-hmm. I walked in the room Was Exactly what I wanted From that person Right I, I, I believe You know Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah, but you have to know in this world, like exactly what you're asking. Yeah, and not try to stumble into it. Because you know, a lot of people, I try to talk. You know, so you know, tell me one thing that you 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 learned. You know, and that's where those folks start trying to. They start checking out. Yeah. It has to be, look, I read that in 1998, you did a multi-buyout leverage, you know, where you bought this company and, you you, you know, you you use all the terminology that you read or heard and saw, like, can you tell me specifically how you structured that deal? When you ask the question that way, the person will respond with, well, wow, that's really interesting that you, that you know that. Yeah. And... Sure So this is You know they, They'll they'll light up When it feels like You're asking them Something Specific Right Like when it's just You know I just I'm trying to figure out How to raise money I get That that's the Internal Kind of Problem That right. you have But like Ask you Use those Use that time You know Wisely And get something Out of it Right I mean it, That's an old school Lesson but I think a lot of people forget it when they start talking to people that they think can be helpful. Right. You got I me mean, get that old, like, get to the point. Get walk in with an agenda and get to, like, what you want to know. Right. Most of the time, if you're dealing with a good person. They'll answer the question.
0: Well, and, and I think that's extremely true, because in my experience, um, you'd really be surprised at how many people are willing to share information um, you know I used to be intimidated by the guys that made a million dollars because I was like they're not going to give up their secret as to how they get they made a million dollars and nothing could have been further from the truth so when I really started asking questions um, and sometimes I would have to write them down because I'd just be so nervous, you know, that it's not going to come out right. But when I was direct and very specific about what I wanted and I could present to them what I already did or what I already knew, Absolutely. they were much more open and willing. And, you know, where I thought we were just going to spend five minutes talking, we could sit for an hour because, you know, now they're becoming more and more intrigued about the type of stuff that I'm asking them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I um I'll sit down and talk to somebody I'll say this first I don't think that I am smarter than Or more capable than anybody To start a business I like. I believe that in my soul like, I don't think that there's anything Different about me at all I think that I was Very very blessed to have um, a, a good mentor um, That there's a strong community of people That surrounded us and that, I mean, I worked my tail off for a long, you know, still do. Yeah. But I don't think that there's anything fundamentally special about me, TK, anybody that, that is involved with this. That is to say, I think anybody in a way can do whatever it is that they're setting out to, to go and do. But it's about how you, how intentional you are about it. Yeah. Like I work every day. Not like, you know, that's not a bumper sticker. Like, I actually I actually work <laughs> every day, right? And so, to me, if you're not approaching whatever the thing is that you're building like that, with like a real, I just read this, um, Kobe's book, Mamba Mentality. It's like a, talking about how he approaches the game. Kobe's one of my favorite athletes. Um, cause I, I think that the way he approached being a basketball player is how I intend to approach being you know An entrepreneur But That entire time What he's talking about It was just like This relentless pursuit Of trying to be like, good And like trying to, Wanting to win Most people Actually aren't trying To do all that They talk about it Like they are But they're not Actually doing all that
0: Yeah Do you think The concept of winning Can be intimidating To some people
1: I can see that I mean that it, It's not I'm highly competitive mm-hmm. Um but I can see how it might it might be. But I mean, why not you? I mean, it, 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 at a certain point, you've got to strip back everything and really say, you're like, and this is what I, you know, because there are moments where I, I will feel I'll see you know a business, you know did you know X Y and Z and revenue has expanded here and there, um, but I really have to gut check and and ask myself for well, like, I don't think that I'm smarter than anyone. But I also don't think that they're smarter than me. Right. Um, and I also don't think that they're going to work harder than me. Right. So when I I strip all of that back and I really look and it's like, am I, am I really saying that like they're just flat out better than me? Oh, I can't say that. Like that's, right. too, that's too far. And so once I get to that point where it's like, well, then get back in the game. Yeah. All right? I mean, you, you, like, you got to keep gotta keep fighting for your version of it because again, I'm not smarter than anybody, but I can't accept the idea that they're going to be um, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they have the better ability to win more than what I am. That, that's where competition kicks in for me. Like, right. I just I refuse to, to accept this idea that you just are gonna like mop the floor with me. I just, I can't because I and then this is one thing I do believe I'm willing to work harder on this Than most people, yeah. For the thing that I do, right, right. I mean, I, I, I I believe I have to have that sort of confidence. Every, I mean, that's entrepreneurship. You have to have that borderline, almost arrogance about how you approach your business. Right. In my mind, where it's like, I don't care what it is that you do. You go twenty, I'm going (laughs) twenty-one. Like it just doesn't. Like we can do this for as long as as you want to, because at the end of the day. I'm going to outlast you every single time we play. Right. I mean, I, I, I take that attitude into to work every day with any prospective um, competitor, and I don't think that most people, if put to that test, are willing to go as far as what TK and I um, would go, because we've been to we've been in the most desperate of situations. Um, but it just. You're not going to. And I say this. I mean, even to our team, to a certain extent. I appreciate the work that you do here, but this is not a situation where the owners like that. You're gonna. Up, everybody that works here will go home before me today. Yeah. And if they try to get into a competition with me to outwork me here, it's impossible. But <laughs> like, like, it's just like it. I, I, I'm. You know, I get asked all the time. People are like, "Oh man, I'm just surprised that you're here." I'm like surprised that I'm at work.
0: But well, why would they be surprised? I'm-
1: because most people most people are don't think about work that way. They yeah. think about work as a nine to five experience, right. and so the idea that I have to show up at work is like, well, why would you be here? You have you know people that do things here, and it's like I have people that I work with here, and I have a a, a real. Um, firm understanding that those people are not going to be more committed they're very no get me wrong i am grateful to work with the people that i work with they are extremely hard working yeah but like i'm the co-founder of this business at the end of the day i mean i'm the head coach i i'm 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 there before practice at it and afterwards right i mean that's how i approach a startup business now if it was maybe something that it you know was different a different stage maybe that changes but for right now all day
0: yeah absolutely and so how does your wife feel about that I mean obviously she I'm sure she understood your drive and your passion and what you were trying to do when you guys first got together but does that does that ever put tension on anything or is she just understanding of it all
1: no, I'm. I'm very fortunate that my wife is very understanding. Probably when she she shouldn't be, of, um, <laughs> of, um this you know the time oh, season that I that I you know, I'm, and consequently we're in. Um, but I'm just like my business partner, very very transparent about what my time and commitments are. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very, very serious about when I've made a commitment to her that I'm there for that too. Right. I treat that with the same seriousness as I would treat any needing or you know. Like I don't let. I, I grew up in the church and, it, and it's you know something that you you hear um, you know week to week is that you know, everybody feels like they can they get to work on time. But for some reason on Sundays it's like they can't get the it seems up. it seems like an option if you're right. gonna go or not and if you're gonna be on time or not. Um I treat everything related to our relationship as seriously as I treat the things that um, I have to do here. Yeah. So when it's time that I've committed to be being in our relationship, then I'm there.
0: And I can absolutely see that um, Was it your idea to Have, I, I saw a while back At the gathering spot There was like a relationship um, Event Where I guess there was advice given about How to be in a good relationship Or how to date and things of that nature Now that's kind of like You know, it's not it's not common Among any other um, Places that I've been to But I think it's important Because I think we don't always know how to date, and we don't always know how to be committed to someone else. So, why was it important to have something like that here at the gathering spot? We've
1: had several conversations along those lines. I, I mean, for it's important because I think that's another one of the, the things that people are wrestling with or thinking about in their their um, private and and, and uh, professional life to a certain extent. So, and you know, we really we because we're committed to kind of exploring all of who people are. Mm-hmm we're all dating and, and relationships is, is an important topic right. um so I don't know I mean that to me is more of a function of if it being just something that's going on in the lives of the membership and if there's helpful advice that we can bring in by way of you know speakers or um opportunities for people to meet one another you know and specifically for kind of romantic interests then we'll do it yeah um but I don't know why it's I don't know why it's hard. I mean, I um, I'm I'm happily married. I feel like life is a uh, it's a lot more simple, <laughs> um, being married. And so no, I, I I think it's a good thing. That's
0: good. That's good. So we know that. The membership process, um, it isn't just a sign your name on this dotted line and you become a member of the gathering spot. Um, What influenced the type of vetting process that you have where you actually had, for me I actually had to do a formal phone interview, which I really appreciated, um, you know, and had to give some information, but what, what what influenced that?
1: So, I mean, you weren't alone there. We asked everyone to, to go through the um, the phone interview. In order for us to be good programmers, in order for this community to have full representation, you have to know who's here. Mm-hmm. So spaces that just allow you to go and sign up, um, I'm no criticism there. It's just a different type of business than what we're doing because to do what we're doing effectively, I've got to know you. Yeah, right? I've got to be or someone on our team, you know, needs and our group people need to come together and make sure that you individually would be a good contrib- you know, contributor to the community, but that the community also needs your particular perspective or skill set. And from an industry perspective, we're really sensitive. Where um, if you ask me for an attorney, for example. We have a curated list of attorneys that are members here. Okay. But not every attorney in the city. Okay. Yeah. So it's important to you know to make sure that we're building. Um, I'll use the college example again. We need people on the track team and to play the flute. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to do that, you've got to spend time getting to know people. But if you have too many people that are playing the flute, you might have to decline those those. Um, Invitations, you know, at, at whatever point in time we're talking about, right. to make sure that the track team has, you know, people that that will be able to run. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And is membership open at the gathering spot right now, or is there still a waiting list for it? Not right now.
1: Um, we are always assessing how the club is being utilized to determine if there are more, um, if there's more capacity here at the club. There are. You can definitely. Um, apply to become a member for our DC and Los Angeles locations that will open this year okay um, but Atlanta is basically at the point where um, when and if we accept new members it's at a, on a fairly limited basis and um, done so you know with, with pretty extreme care with that said, because we are always looking for you know amazing people um, that can contribute here. You know, I mean, you're we're all we're, we review all the information that comes, in. and so if there's if you're representing something that like this community absolutely needs, um, you know we'll make sure that that happens.
0: Okay, good. Will we see another gathering spot in Atlanta?
1: It's possible. Um, I mean, I I spend most of my time looking at space and evaluating space, so it's possible, for sure.
0: Okay. And would you ever change? um, Because we know that The Gathering Spot, for me, I really like that um, it really caters to multiple generations. Um, Would you ever open a space for the upcoming entrepreneur, like young adults?
1: So what we tried to do there is through the under 30, um, there's, there's two, only two mer- tiers of membership. And the idea was to keep it fairly flat so that everyone could participate. But if you're under 30, there's a different rate um, intentionally. But no, uh, I mean, not not uh, it's hard to do that. I mean, when we were doing research for this business, you look at a lot of other uh, clubs and they'll have, five different six different tiers of membership and you know some days you can go and other days you can't you can go to spaghetti night but you can't go and, uh, and that first, us was was complicated and i guess i'm simple and <laughs> needed a, a a structure that you know if you're a member here you're a member here and yeah. you can go to all the things that we host and you can go to work here and dine here and everyone is on equal footing. So it's less of a socioeconomic thing and more of a a value-based thing. But when you start to introduce tiers based off of access, it becomes, you introduce socioeconomics into it in a way that we don't want um, here.
0: Okay, okay. So what can we expect for 2019 from the gathering spot, specifically the Atlanta location?
1: I think that we have um, an amazing slate of programs. Um, again, I mean, we, we started the year off with a, an intimate conversation with Stacy Abrams, mm-hmm. but I think that you know, as I, I look through the rest of the year and what we're planning, um, I'm really excited about the content calendar. Uh, we're going to be making some changes to the space that I think people will enjoy, and we're always looking for for new services. I mean, we we, we a couple of days ago. Um, like a couple new features on the app and ways to interact with the club. We're, you know, we're changing the breakfast experience here to, um, so as a member of the club, you have access to complimentary breakfast every day. Yes. Um, we're expanding that 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 offering starting on, um, this upcoming week. So I'm always looking for ways to continue to improve the experience here. So you'll see more of those kind of small uh, changes. But um, there are a couple of new platforms that we'll announce this year too that will give people I think even better access to one another okay. and access to the content that informs a lot of the, you know, the things that we we do here today. Okay. I know that's it's coming.
0: Well you know I'm like on the edge of my seat because of what's, what 2018 offered so
1: we're, we're, There's a couple of new strategic acquisitions we're, we're, um, Oh
0: acquisitions we're,
1: that were <laughs> yeah that will announce um, pretty soon and I think those acquisitions will give our members even better access to the club okay. and each other.
0: And will the DC and Los Angeles locations be identical to what what's here in Atlanta or will each space have kind of like its own feel and it's you know
1: Every club will be authentic to the city that we're going into. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there will be consistent elements that you'll see. I mean, so the clubs—they'll um, have dining, they'll have co-working, they'll have event space. Uh, depending on, we've learned a lot of lessons here, and so you'll see new ideas or new ways that we wanted to think about okay. space in some of these new sites. The buildings are different. I mean, so I mean, there's there's also changes there. So I mean, I, I could say generally though that each club needs to be authentic to the market that we're we're going to
0: okay and members do have access to all the clubs once you're a member at one club you can go to a a different city and
1: so our vision from for this business from the beginning was that i I joke all the time people don't live anywhere anymore they're based somewhere (laughs) um and so the idea is that no matter where it is that you're based when you're on the road you've got access to Another gathering spot So it doesn't really matter Where you travel So um, While DC and LA Are the first two New ones that will open The plan is to continue To open closer Across the country
0: I love it Well Ryan It's been an absolute pleasure To speak with you today Um, If our listeners Wanted to contact you Are you on social media?
1: I am So You can um, You can find The business at the gathering spots on all platforms, you can find me at Spot on RW on all platforms as well. And I mean, we're we're responsive on both on both fronts. I mean, this is um this is a business that's about people, and so you know, if you're interested in. Um, and talking or collaborating or building I'm happy to to do that um again I'll go back to being specific but (laughs) I um I'm always interested in you know meeting new people and so I I appreciate uh the listeners that are interested in having a conversation in advance I'm, I'm around
0: perfect well, we appreciate everything that you've done uh, for the community, for the city. Um, I, I wish you nothing but success. I know that you want to just pour gasoline all over anything that you do. But thank you so much for sitting down with me and, and giving so much insight.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.